Yanmar trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores. Hat trick. Game seven. Yanmar. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. And he comes, fakes. He scores. Mark Stone, shorthanded goal. Took the goal off its pegs, lost his stick, but more room to pump his fist. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Vegas Golden Knights win their opener for the third time in, well, fourth time now in franchise history. The other three times uh, that the National Hockey League season has uh, run its course, the Vegas Golden Knights have uh, made it to the Stanley Cup playoffs third round. Will this be four times in five years? Looks like it. Uh, basically calling that right now. The Vegas Golden Knights with a uh, nice victory over the Seattle Kraken last night. We've got our top five at five, culminating with the top five hot takes for this season, and then we'll get into one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. But we have not. We've been uh, delinquent in coming up with a rating scale, a new rating scale for this season. Uh, we have to get on that. Uh, out of five, how would you guys rate last night's Vegas Golden Knights 4-3 victory over the Seattle Kraken? Uh, I'll go first. Um, hmm. I'm going to go four. And I'm going for because you get the win. I'm going for because it was an entertaining game. It was an exciting game. Uh, and I'm going for because the Golden Knights were able to flip the switch. And and I think that was kind of a big question going into this, this first game of the regular season. Uh, they were able to do it. And I'm also going for because I thought the Seattle Kraken had a really good pushback. And I, I liked the, the, the flow of the game. I liked the fact that it was a, a bit back and forth there. And it got interesting in the third period. So... Uh, it was a solid four out of five for me um, it, last night. Yeah, the first game of the season is never going to be perfect. There's going to be nope. some scrambliness and some uh, some ebbs and the flows. Uh, I'm with you, uh, a four out of five. Chapman, where are you? I'm also with a four. Nice. I, th I think for all the reasons Ryan mentioned, um, you know, it was an entertaining game. I, in all honesty, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from the bottom six from Vegas, but it's tough, well, right? Because they didn't you, have, you, they didn't you have, weren't playing a bottom six. six. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. only had four. They had a bottom four. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'm four. what I mean when I say that. I mean the the team was carried by their stars. Alex Petrangelo was was awesome last night. Like I think that's what the the, the fans and the team envisioned when they brought him from St. Louis. And and I mean he he and I I think today was actually the first time we've had the opportunity. To, to have him in like a press conference type setting where, where there was actually media members around. He's a pretty jovial guy. Like oh, he's like great, he's great. like you don't really get that on the Zoom, but in person he he's he's pretty pretty cool. Somebody said to me the other day, uh, Chapman doesn't make it easy on himself, does he? And that's another example right now. That I would like to have seen more of the top uh, bottom six. Well, when they only played four. You know what I mean. The, the, I know, I know. Um so what are we going to do for our rating scale? This I thought we had something in mind. And no, we we well okay. There was uh, we had, last like year's was the Bob hands. Greens or whatever the it Tom was Green or it, no 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 it was the don't, art don't 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 say Tom Green like that's ridiculous. Tom Green and Bob Ross are not the same person. Okay, right, what are you right. doing to me? That's exactly what is it. what does Tom Green have to do with Bob Ross? I don't know. Literally I, nothing. I it's about as it, it, it's about as useful as you saying you wanted more out of the Golden Knights bottom six. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, that's fair. That's fair. 
Um, no, I'm I'm gonna tweet it out. I'm gonna see I'm gonna see what <laughs> what uh, what listeners have to say. Like okay. they can they they can suggest a new rating system for us, and if we get one that we like, that's what that's the one we'll go with. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are winning uh, a season opener for the fourth time in five years. That's the best winning percentage in NHL history. So uh, another tick uh, in the box uh, for the, the the Vegas Golden Knights. It was a heck of an entertaining night, though, for, for opening night. L- Here's a question. Does the game change in your evaluation if you go out to a 3 nothing lead and win the way Vegas did last night? Or would you judge it differently if they fell behind by three and came back and won it for three? Um. I, I think you might lean a little bit closer to a five, but I don't think I would go with a five in, in the first game of the season because, as you mentioned, it's it's not going to be perfect, and falling behind uh, wouldn't be ideal in that situation. So uh, Yeah, I would, me, I, would, I would say the 3 nothing lead and winning 4-3 would be better than, than coming back from a 3 nothing deficit. Yeah, yeah because you I, don't want to put yourself in that hole, obviously. I think it could slide one way or the other. I, I still think that if, if the game is flipped on its head and it's the Golden Knights coming back from a 3 nothing deficit and then they find a way to win, um, it's probably still a 4 for me. Jonas Romberg and Jake Lesition have been recalled and sounds like mm-hmm. they will be in the lineup for Game 2 as they've got the cap recapture and all that uh, uh, happening, and it just gives the uh, Golden Knights Hockey Operations Department and the head coach uh, a little bit more flexibility in what they can do with the lineup. So uh, while uh, it was an interesting experience uh, for Dorofiev, uh, uh, he changed his pronunciation from the <laughs> from last year to this year. Dorofiev, uh, he uh, played but four minutes last night. Uh, Coglin played uh, five minutes last night. Uh, mm-hmm. They will uh, have a, a fourth line that they can play a little bit more uh, tomorrow night against the uh, Los Angeles Kings and try to make it make it two in a row. Yeah, I I think tomorrow night Chapman will be a little bit more of a uh, an opportunity for you to evaluate the Golden Knights bottom six. <laughs> you, you suck. <laughs> what do you want me to say, man? Well, what I, do you want me to I, say? I, I, I didn't mean like in in the literal term bottom six. I meant from their from their depth guys, and you know they were carried by by the the the, the Stone and Pacioretty and Stevenson line last night. Although Marshall's goal Marshall's goal was ridiculous, by the way. You're tr- I mean you're trying to win a game with with three and a third lines. Mm-hmm. So like, you know I I thought I thought that there were good moments from the Golden Knights third line. Whether it had whether it was Peyton Krebs with Patrick and Dadanov or whether it was Kolasar with Patrick and Dadanov, like there were moments where they they that line, it, whatever iteration it was, had some looks. So. Um, you know, I, I think their depth players came and, and gave them some good minutes, but you're just like never going to get into night. a flow. Yeah, I thought he was good. You know who the unsung player for me last night was William Carlson. He was brilliant and and doesn't get all the fanfare of the uh, uh, Marcia So scores the goal and, and Stone has a three-point game and Petrangelo, we acknowledge, was uh, was beast mode last night, but I, I just – that that was the epitome of William Carlson last night, doing everything great. Yeah, he was good and and good. Um, there was a little something going between him and Wenberg too. Like we know they're good friends, but there were some battles on the ice last night between those two players that were really fun to watch. 
Mm. What do you think the uh, the bottom line is? Like, uh, like somebody didn't return somebody's CD or something like that. Uh, what What do you think the the real crux of the dispute was? The fact that they were both playing a hockey game and wanted to win. I just bought uh, a car and it's got a CD player, and it's not even what? that old. I know. What are you talking about? I, but I was talking about CDs. Like CDs don't really uh, exist in their mainstream environment anymore. Top five at five. Today we hit number <laughs> one for hot takes, and Ryan Wallace has been discussing behind the scenes all day no. about mm. how excited he is about his yeah, number one hot take. Yeah. I'm going to save Ryan Wallace because mm-hmm. he is so excited about this and yep. serve it up to Chris Chapman right out of the gate. Your number one hot take for this National Hockey League season, Chappie. All right. Well, this is a very hot take, I think. And I think I think you guys will, will probably say, yeah, that's Chapman being Chapman. <laughs> so you've cleared it up with <laughs> yes, yes. this is going to be a really hot take when okay. it's supposed to be a hot take because it's number one. And yeah. then you've dummied it down and protected yourself by just acknowledging that it's well, Chappy being Chappy. My my number one hot take: Jack Eichel will mm-hmm. be traded to the New Jersey Devils before the end of the season. Hmm. Why? Well, Tom Fitzgerald. He's been the GM now for over a year for the Devils. He needs to bring in a big player. He needs to make a splash. That. Obviously checks the box with Jack Eichel. They've got the prospects to do it. Nolan Foote, one of the top prospects in the organization. Dawson Mercer, another guy. Alexander Holtz, the Swedish kid, another really highly touted prospect. I don't think they would move Luke Hughes. They also have the ability to make the trade. They have the space to bring him on board. $10 million contract. Whoever they're sending the other way, that will give them enough space. Devils have the cap space to do it. It's a big market. It's... The New York market, despite the fact that they're not New York, it is the New York market. It's a big place for Eichel to to kind of really become a star because you'd be in the New York market. I think it makes sense for a lot of reasons from the Devil's standpoint. Chris Chapman going full fanboy for his number one oh, hot take oh, in the I top would, five at five. I, I would become even more insufferable <laughs> if this happens, by the way. Not only because I was right, but because it would be the Devils. No, you're, you've gone fanboy here. Of course. It's okay. Of course. Hold, hold on. I'm curious to see, like, at, at what point do you feel like this helps New Jersey take the step? Well, Eichel's like one of the player that you got a player that's not likely not going to play this year. So you're looking at yeah, but the Jack Devils Eichel the Devils year. aren't going to compete this year. So I mean. I wouldn't tell that to them. No, no, but you but, go out and get Dougie Hamilton. You're you're trying to go with the youth movement here. Well, like yeah. The other thing and, is the other thing is they they'll Chapman. have the nine million dollars that that PK Subban makes coming off the books next year. They sure. can go out and, and yeah. acquire another big asset to kind of help. It makes a lot of sense from the devil's okay. standpoint. I'm Kevin Adams. Yes, I want Jack Hughes or no deal. Well, I'm not giving you Jack Hughes, but I'll give then you Nico. Then I'll Eichel. give you Nico. First of all, Kevin Adams is not no longer bargaining from a position of strength because he hasn't the, been this whole time. Yeah, well, the entire world knows the that Jack that Eichel. What his ask is going to be the entire world knows that Jack Eichel 
does not want to play in Buffalo. He's going to be traded at some point from the Buffalo okay, give Sabres. Me, give me a package that you think will actually land Jack Eichel. Well, I'm going to start with Nico Heischer. I think Heischer is is a guy that that I wouldn't I wouldn't trade your captain. Well, for Jack Eichel, I would because Jack Eichel would now become my captain. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm not I think sure about like, that either. I think I think the ideal landing spot for Jack Eichel is a spot where he doesn't have to be the guy. Like I think you want him to be kind of that secondary piece that he doesn't have to wear a letter, he doesn't have to do that. He just goes out and focuses on playing hockey. Uh, I don't think uh, that that would be a wise move for the New Jersey Devils for a number of reasons, but uh, I think it would be a, a, a trade that I could see happening because of a number of different reasons of trying to to stake a claim to the, to the market and uh, and try to establish something there. So there's I wouldn't do it, but I can see why you would want to do it. Uh, Darren Millard's uh, number one hot take for this National Hockey League season. Uh, as we wait and tense up in anticipation of Ryan Wallace's much-talked-about uh, uh, delivery in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov will win the Rocket Richard Trophy this year in the National Hockey League, beating out the <laughs> likes of Alexander Ovechkin and Austin Matthews and the, the various other uh, traditional uh, goal scorers in the National Hockey League. In year number two, fresh off the contract extension, Kirill Kaprizov will the thrill Dollar Bill Kirill will win the Rocket Richard Trophy. I don't hate it. I actually, I really like that hot take. Thank you, Chappie. Um, are we forgetting that Austin Matthews exists, or no? No, I, no, I know no, that. that no. I, I agree. Austin Matthews is so, so like uh, you're, is, you're you're projecting Kirill Kaprizov to score sixty goals this year. Yeah, I I'm not going to put a number on it. But I will well, say that, means- that he's he's going to do it. Uh, he will he will edge it. Hey, there's a lot of great goal scorers uh, in mm-hmm. the National Hockey League. I'm watching Alexander Ovechkin right now eat soup. Uh, his wife's not happy about it <laughs> uh, because he's got the the great commercial, great commercial uh, the insurance commercial because he makes uh, Nick Backstrom uh, his uh, beneficiary on his life insurance. So it's a it's an absolutely outstanding commercial involving everybody. Mm-hmm. And hey, sitting beside Nick Backstrom as he slurp soup like that. Yep. Or breakfast, or cereal, whatever I it think is. It's cereal. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. That would drive me crazy, but uh, and it gives me the heebie-jeebies just listening to him slurp out of the bowl. But uh, I, yeah, I'm one of those people. The uh, I, I think uh, Kirill Kaprizov will will become uh, the Rocket Richard Trophy winner. There my, you go. My reasoning for not hitting it, by the way, I thought mm. I I actually considered saying he was going to score 50 goals as one of my hot takes. Don't try and jump on my I'm, bandwagon. I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm Get not, off my bandwagon. I'm not jumping. Listen, no. I can I can agree with you. There's nothing wrong with me agreeing with you. In fact, you should be proud that I'm agreeing with you. Get off my bandwagon. There goes and crotchety Darren. Can we can we get the sounder one more time? Here's Ryan Wallace with his number one hot take. Okay, um, so, okay, listen, here's the thing. Your Kirill Kaprizov one is kind of stealing some of my thunder here, not because I, I'm going with anything for Kirill Kaprizov, but I, I don't feel like that is is in the wheelhouse right now for the player. And my hot take is going against everything that is in the wheelhouse for said player. Connor McDavid. Darren, are you sitting down? 
I hope you're mm. sitting down because this is yeah, just going to knock you stool. right out of your chair. I'm in Studio 31 uh, yeah. over at City National Arena. I'm a little high. I hope should you don't I, hurt I your get down on the hip. floor? Yeah, yeah, I don't want you to hurt your hip. Kay. Can you get down on the floor? Yep. You ready? Are you good? Oh, yeah, yep. he actually did it. That's fantastic. Uh, Connor McDavid will not win the Art Ross this year. Connor McDavid will not win the Art Ross this year. It is not going to happen. That's it. That's my hottest of hot takes. That so he's not going to win the, the scoring take. title. They forget the no, Hart Trophy for MVP. Title. He's not going to win the scoring title. Huh. Well, he's not going to win the Hart either, but yeah. he's not going to win the scoring title. Yeah, he's not He's not winning either one of those. Wow. I'd, he would have to play. like That would mean injury. That's the only way he does not win the scoring title. I think that there's a player for the Tampa Bay Lightning and Nikita Kucherov that is really going to push him. I really so are do. you making this I, a double prediction, like a double hot take, or are you just going to stick with? Well, the I mean, there's there's two guys that I legitimately think can can take over the the Art Ross from Connor McDavid. It's Who? Nikita Kucherov, and it's Nathan McKinnon. And my thought is it's going to be one of the two because those are the only two I believe in, and. Nathan McKinnon's an interesting one for me because with Kale McCarr coming and me saying I think Kale McCarr's in the uh, top top five in scoring and that he's going to be a finalist for the Hart Trophy, I could see a monster year for McCarr feeding into a monster year production-wise for Nathan McKinnon. So uh, those pieces all kind of working together, uh, the fact that I just think Connor McDavid's going to slow down a little bit. I, I earlier on in the off season, I thought maybe we're going to see something truly remarkable from Connor, and likely that's going to be the case. But if this comes to be, it is the ultimate payoff on the hottest of hot takes. Not sure what kind of odds you'd get for that. But I think you are like you're, good, you're like, taking the I'd house. Some good you're taking the house yeah. over Connor McDavid. Yeah, the yeah. field. Yeah, but I mean, like, he's in such a league of his own that I still think there'd be really good value there. Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nate McKinnon, and Robin Leonard play on four different teams with high expectations, but different challenges ahead of them. For the Vegas Golden Knights, it's getting to the Stanley Cup final and winning the Stanley Cup. I was on the set last night. Bill Foley said, winning the Stanley Cup this year. we got to win the Stanley Cup this year. Like, his whole focus is winning the Stanley Cup, and I love hearing that uh, from the very top. That is such a cool thing to to just listen to, that the owner is talking about winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche trying to get past the second-round uh, heebie-jeebies. And then you have Edmonton and Toronto just trying to win a round. Of Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Nate McKinnon, and Robin Leonard individually – who has the most pressure on them this year? Ooh, um, I I I gotta say it's Austin Matthews, uh, just because of Toronto media, just because you've got all that all that noise surrounding what you do, and and quite literally, Austin Matthews can come back and score sixty goals this year, and it's not going to mean anything to anybody unless it comes with at least four wins in a series in the playoffs. Uh, with Robin Leonard, you're you're taking over for a legend, and there's a lot of pressure on a team that's expected to win the Stanley Cup, but I think this Golden Knights team as a collective has proven they're, they're able to uh, 
to, to win hockey games when it matters. They're able to win in the playoffs. And um, I think Nathan McKinnon's got a lot, of, a lot more help surrounding him than Austin Matthews does. And, you know, I, you, you talked about the lineup for the Toronto Maple Leafs today being underwhelming. They got worse in the offseason. And that's a real legitimate claim to make. And a team that got worse is going to be expected to do something they haven't done in a long, long time. Rank them for me, one to four. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Matthews. It's gonna be McKinnon, McDavid, mm-hmm. and then probably Leonard. Not far off from that. I would go. Yeah. Uh, except I would go McKinnon number one because of what I heard from him last year. And look, if if the Colorado Avalanche don't do it this year. There's changes, and there's so many players there on expiring contracts that it's there's going to be natural uh, evolution with that franchise. But in hearing Nate McKinnon after the defeat to the Vegas Golden Knights, I think that it is really uh, piling up uh, on his shoulders. And then I would put Matthews McDavid almost in the same category, uh, trying Mm. to just get something going, a little bit of success. Although McDavid's actually won around, uh, Matthews yeah. hasn't. And and Leonard, while there's there's internal pressure and there's pressure in this market and there's pressure uh, in, in taking over a legend, a, a getting to the Stanley Cup final is is big. But that's like it's really hard to do that. The 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 other ones are like, come on, like let's get let's get it together, Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, that that shouldn't be that uh, big of a deal with those superstars to not be able to to win around. Let's let's get serious. So uh, pretty much uh, on the on the same uh, level uh, on that front. Uh, we got to come up with another top five at five and uh, and get it going. We're not going to do it all year long, or else we'll be talking about the top five floor tiles in NHL arenas <laughs> by the by the end of it. But but we will get into uh, a couple more top five at fives as uh, as we roll out uh, during the uh, during this regular season and get into it. And then of course there's going to be so much uh, happening uh, during the Olympics. But uh, let's take a break, and when we continue. Uh, we will bring you one-timers, and there's some uh, news and notes as well as uh, one more little tidbit uh, from the broadcasting world as we roll on on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show. On to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. A little bit of uh, juice out of the New York Rangers to start the season. Alexander Yoriev uh, started tonight for the New York Rangers against the Washington Capitals ahead of Igor Shesterkin. And while it's on national television, it's on the road, and the Rangers play tomorrow night. And the thinking is that they're saving Shesterkin for the home opening start at MSG. Do you guys think that the number one goaltender should start game one? Or does the number one goaltender deserve to be held back for tomorrow night's uh, game at home at MSG? Well, considering how much has been made of this game for the Rangers against the Capitals, um, I think you play your best goalie to win the game. So I I would want to start off the year with the best lineup. And I I like Georgiev. 
don't take that the wrong way, but I'm a big Shesterkin guy. I would have started Shesterkin tonight. I see both sides of it, really. Yeah. And the hole opener is important for an athlete and uh, going through all that ceremony. Uh, I am not going to be critical at all of, uh, of the decision to hold on to your number one goaltender for the, the home opener 24 hours later. The Rangers also have something going with uh, a high draft pick, another high draft pick. Remember Elias Anderson was uh, uh, a player that uh, sort of basically left the New York Rangers and then convinced the Rangers to trade him to Los Angeles, and the Vegas Golden Knights will play Elias Anderson tomorrow night. He was a seventh overall pick in 2017. Well, a year later, the Rangers took uh, with the, the ninth overall selection, Vitaly Kravtsev, and he's fallen out of favor with Gerard Gallant. If you can say he was ever in favor because Gerard's new there. And they uh, appear to be headed towards uh, some kind of split with the New York Rangers and Kravtsev, who was told at the start of the year that he was going to be on the opening night roster and would play uh, to start the season. Now it doesn't sound like it is. So there's some controversy around the New York Rangers in Chris Drury's first go-around as the general manager. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I, You know, it, it's, it's going to be... Interesting to see kind of where the Rangers go in exploring a trade and, and where Kravtsov can go to get some some ice time. But, um, you, I mean, you understand it from the player perspective, right? Like, you, you want to play. You want to yeah. get get to a point where you're making the team. And, you know, whether or not there were promises made, it, you, you can never guarantee anything to anybody, especially when you've got a new coach coming in and, and trying to figure out, what what his lines are going to look like and, and who's going to make his team. So um, a sticky situation for Chris Jury to work through. We'll see what he we'll see what he does with it. If uh, Kravtsov would have been great during the preseason, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Just sure throwing that out there. Uh, but when you don't have a great preseason and then you get end up getting scratched, it throws everything in disarray. The the athlete controls it by by going out there and playing great. And the athlete in this case. Did not go out there and play great. Uh, Ottawa Senators still have not signed Brady Kachuk. And mm -hmm. the Ottawa Senators are, uh, well, they're running out of time to get this done before the, the the start of the uh, the regular season. It, it gets real for Kachuk because he starts mm -hmm. missing cash. So that's that's the part that's going to hang on this. But the other part, they, when, you, when you look at it, is just, I mean, it comes down to making sure that you're you're moving all the distractions out of the way, and and Ottawa's in dangerous territory to have this start lingering. Yeah, I mean it, it it's not getting done before the start of the regular season for for Ottawa. Like it's it's just not. I I think I'm there. Um, it's a tough one. I, I I I I this is the way that I feel on it. Like if you're an and it, it goes kind of back to what happened with William Nylander. Like, if you're going to meet in the middle, if you're going to kind of come to some type of agreement that that you have on the table right now, and then just get it done and don't wait until the last day. I believe it. What is it? December first, where where you have to sign if you're Brady Kachuk here. Like, just get it done now and and don't mess around with missing time. But at the same time, if I'm Brady Kachuk. Um, I want what I want, and I'm not really going to back off on that. Now, Brady Kachuk comes from uh, a family with deep pockets. Mm -hmm. 
if it's my son going through this, I'm saying, uh, you know what? Like even even with what they're offering you, you're not totally happy with it. That's generational money. Do you think that plays any any role in? Can you be more of a like line in the sand type person when you when you have the type of career that Keith had and uh, and and Matthew's got that that money? Do you think that plays in, into it? I'm I'm sort of thinking uh, more along a psychological angle than I am uh, a hockey angle. Well, my counter to that would be. Um, isn't it more about term than money here? Like, I, I know I know where the money needs to be for Matthew for for Brady Kachuk. Like, I understand that that he's looking for a certain cap hit, but are are we not past the max extension? Are we not past looking at eight years? Are we are we not zeroed in on three to four years to walk? Oh no, to but free senators like, still if, senators still want a seven or eight year deal. Right, I understand that's what they yeah. want, but. But Brady's, Brady's not not bought into eight years. Like, no. and could you blame him? Like, no. As much as this, as much as this is about money, I think that you know, ultimately, when we see what the contract looks like, it's going to be more about the term and, and you know, frankly, getting out of Ottawa. Yeah, and would I, you want an eight-year deal or a, a three-year deal? I would. With if Ottawa? I was, okay, if I if I was in Ottawa, I want a three-year deal. Yeah, and and I'll I'll take. Yeah. I'll take the qualifying offer in my fourth year and, and walk to to free agent. Yeah, yeah. Pro- prove 100%. to me that prove to me that you're committed to winning before I commit myself long term. I kind of just like a four year, three or four year deal anyway. In, in no matter what I'm doing, just kind of ride. Well, I don't know. I think it depends where you are in your career too. Like if if no, it, if, if this is this your situation, yeah. in this situation, I'm I'm walking to free agency. Period. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have signed Brian Boyle to a one-year deal. He didn't yeah, play last did. year. No, he didn't. What did he do last night? What's that? What did he do last night? I know. Penguins. Well, yeah. Score. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. It's awesome. But he didn't play Brian last Boyle's year. Boyle's awesome. Yeah, like, it's, you know. Y- that's y- pretty cool, y- isn't it? You got an athlete that believes he can still play in the league and gets a PTO and does really, really well with it. And, you know, the Penguins needed players. And Brian Boyle comes in and not only does he make the team out of camp, but he scores a goal last night. So you got to love that story. You got to love that that Brian Boyle was able to come back and contribute that way. And if nothing else, you have that moment. It's awesome. You know, you have those moments uh, on, on live air. Where you kind of question yourself when you said, what, what did he do last night? And I'm like, what did I miss? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I, I, I know I know he scored the goal, but I thought there was something <laughs> else that you were alluding to. And then I had this moment of, where is he going? What's he doing? I'm sure you have that all the time with me because I'm so out of left field. But I, I just had this moment of, okay, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he did last night. Other than, than, than <laughs> score the goal, uh, I just think it's a really neat story with Brian Boyle going back uh, to a, a, just a great professional, solid veteran, uh, big body, uh, the, 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 the personal challenges that he's had uh, in rising above that and in grinding through, and then not playing last year and and earning yeah. a contract is is unique. It's just another uh, notch in a very in, in eventful career. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's cool to see, and 
I'm rooting for Brian Boyle because you, you root for people, right? And and he's a person you certainly want to and feel good about rooting for. Uh, nothing going on on Jack Eichel. Just thought I'd bypass that one and, uh, <laughs> and let you know that you're not missing anything there at all uh, because there's just it seems to have just quieted or right down as everybody uh, aims into the, the season. Would you rather play... The two games like Vegas is going to play, you brought up this question during the break, and I want to ask it on the air. Yeah. Wednesday and – sorry, Tuesday and Thursday for Vegas, get uh, those two games and then have a lull in the schedule with some practice time, or would you rather go like what Ottawa and the San Jose Sharks are doing and not playing until Saturday? Ooh, um in the case of Ottawa, it gives them more time to try to sign Brady Kachuk, so I'd probably want to, the schedule to work out exactly that way uh, if I was Ottawa. But I don't know. I think there's there's merit to getting a couple of games in and then getting some time to, to refine and work through some things in practice without having to play games uh, for a couple of days. Maybe, you know, maybe six days between games is a little bit too long there, but um, probably the setup that the Golden Knights have is, is more beneficial. The Chicago Blackhawks have apparently uh, made uh, Dylan Strom available. Oh, center Iceman. Yeah, first round pick. Yeah, uh, I remember when he was drafted. That's sad. Uh, <laughs> draft, going through those uh, <laughs> those things, and now like that was 2015, and yeah. now we're talking about uh, moving on. But they've got some good center. Right, boy, their depth at center has uh, has come a long way in a year, hasn't it? With Jonathan Taves sure. and Kirby Doc being back in the lineup and and Tyler Johnson, their centers, yeah. like none of them, none of them played uh, for the team last year. Like Doc, Taves, and, and Johnson for, for various reasons. I I feel like the, the writing is on the wall for the Chicago Blackhawks to be a good team. I really do. Uh, but then again, I, I look at their defense, and Seth Jones, yes, makes them better. But how much so? I, I don't know. Um but if, if Chicago is going to be a team that legitimately threatens to make the playoffs here, it's going to be because Marc-Andre Fleury has another year like he had last year, and you get the the contributions you expect to get from those center icemen coming back for the Blackhawks. Well, I'll flat out say it. And don't send me hate mail, people. Marc-Andre Fleury's not having another year like he did last year. That's I agree. A, that's a career year. So there's going to be... And even if you got him in his, his most private moment, I, I think he would agree with you uh, on, on that. Like Getting to that stage that he was at, that level that he was at last year, is a career accomplishment. And you can say that because he's played forever. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but uh, you're going to expect some regression to those out-of-this-world stats. Can Chicago still compete even though his numbers come down a little bit? I think they can. That Chicago and Los Angeles, those two teams, I think, could make monumental jumps up this year and get into relevancy. I'll tell you, Chicago's going to be fun because I like 5-4 hockey games, and they're going to play a lot of those this year. Yeah, and, and just to allude on what Ryan was saying, the other reason why I don't think he's going to have the season that he had last year a lot of credit should go to the Vegas Golden Knights blue line as well because they, they, they're they phenomenal. And I'm not saying that's the only reason why Marc-Andre Fleury had the year he had, but you look at the difference between the guys in front of him now 
as opposed to the guys in front of him last year, it's night and day. It's a are stark you, difference. Are you talking a lot today because you're paying more attention after yesterday's faux pas? No, no. What was the faux pas yesterday? Bobby Ryan? Was it two days ago? Oh, that was two days ago. Yeah. Oh, two days ago? Yeah. Just curious. He's paying attention now. Well, I, I, I admit that I don't know days. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I thought we were talking to Sam and Ash today. And yeah, you guys that was sure a text that, message. Uh, or, I, I may not be connected. Are they going to call in? <laughs> I, I, I don't know days of the week. I've made that very clear, as you'll notice in a, in a couple of seconds function? when I sign off. How do you up. get through days? I wake up, and I go through it, yeah. and then I go to bed. But are I don't you, like. Are that. you, are you really, really bad at like showing up to things when you're supposed to? Uh, so, uh, here's the thing with with that. Uh-huh. Uh, if I'm not five minutes early, that means I'm not showing up. <laughs> that I, that I've totally missed it. If I know what's <laughs> happening, I'm there early. I'm on time, or there's a, a something something happened. Uh, if I'm not five minutes early, that means I've either completely forgotten about it or I didn't realize it was happening. Nice. There's uh, there's not much uh, middle ground in that. Hey, uh, Claude Giroux, he's going to shelve. No, there's no contract talks. He's a free agent after this year. A lot like Patrice Bergeron. He's going to play it out and then see where, where, where he's at. I kind of like this idea from a couple of veteran guys doing that and not putting the pressure on the franchises to say, hey, get Get me under contract, or there's a the chance that uh, a longtime player could leave. I really appreciate the tack that Bergeron and Giroux are going with. I agree there. I, I think there's so many things that can happen over the course of a season, so many things that can change between you know game one and game 82 and the playoffs and all that. Like just just deal with the contracts afterward. I, I think that's a great idea. Just it's it's refreshing not to be uh, holding the the team up against it and pushing hard and just yeah. you know what we'll we'll take our time with this and uh, 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 I give both uh, Claude Giroux and and his agent uh, Pat Brisson uh, a lot of uh, kudos with uh, with that part of it uh, on the on the broadcasting side of things uh, it was. Uh, Rick Tockett uh, on, on the Chirp who talked about uh, social media. And here's just a lesson for you, Ryan Wallace. Mm-hmm. You interact a lot on social media. I do. Rick told me that when social media, when Twitter first started, people would DM him and they weren't very nice to him. He would say, okay, I'll be here at a certain point. Meet me there. And his son said, Good learning Dad. lesson for some guys. Dad, you can't do that. <laughs> Dad, you can't do that. So I just thought yeah. that that Ryan, you have to go back. You have to listen to the to the full conversation with Talkit yeah. about social media and sometimes the interactions and the and the squabbles that you have on social media. And that's the uh, that's the way I'm going to leave it. Uh, those are your one timers for this Wednesday, October on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hello, closing time. Oh, I we had closing time. Because <laughs> that would have made sense. Last segment, closing time. Uh, I don't know what that song is, but uh, but I, I jumped at it. Do you guys uh, like Seattle's game I want to take night? me home. <laughs> uh, who do you uh, 
do you like Seattle? You in the fence? I know it's only one game, but uh, that's all we have to judge on. Yeah, I I thought they played a pretty solid game. It was fun. Um, scrambly, Chapman, scrambly. Yeah, thanks. At yeah. times, very scrambly. Yeah, at, at very times, scrambly. especially in their own zone. Like we went to. I think we mean. look at. I think we look at Seattle and we we kind of look at their defense and say, oh, they're pretty good defensively, and I think they will be as the season wears on. But um, they were a little bit disconnected in their own zone, and, and obviously that led to the Golden Knights goals early on. So I thought Seattle was fine. I think they'll grow. I'm not going to jump to conclusions after one game. I mean, they were missing a couple guys as well. So I don't well, lame take that is. That's not fine. Whatever. You're supposed to jump to conclusions. That's no. what Sports Talk Radio's all no, about. No, no. Oh, wow. Who's their best player? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't you know. tell us, Darren. Yeah. Ryan Donato. Hey, was okay. At least he was the most noticeable last night. He was good. Uh, Jared McCann was noticeable. Yeah, he was. He was all over the place, good and bad. Yes. Yep. You, yep. You're not going to jump to conclusions? No. No. First time ever. That's yeah. what we're paid to do. No, that's what you're paid to do. I'm paid to push buttons and occasionally give bad takes. Well, <laughs> you did a lot more talking and a lot less pushing today. <laughs> but I was. We good didn't even today. give you your own segment today. I was good today. <laughs> Talk to you tomorrow. Game day. We're on at five tomorrow.